Yeah, you're right. Um, so who are we? We're two best friends, and we are here to conjure all things morbid, mystical, and monstrous. Ooh. Covering horror, paranormal, and true crime. So if it goes bump in the night, we want to talk about it. Here and now. Yes, we talk about yes, yes. It. So. My name's Lindsay. I'm Ethan. We met in high school. We go way back. Yeah. yeah super back. I've known him more than half my life. I know. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. (laughs) And one thing that we've always kind of bonded over is our love of the macabre. Yeah. Anything scary, real or fake. Well, fake. (laughs) We're always all about it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Always all about it. Did you, (laughs) why, why, why do you think that is? Like, why do you feel like you got into spooky stuff? You know, I was thinking about that the other day and it could be a long time ago, rewinding a little bit, you know, like around holiday or Halloween, they always have like haunted house setups that you can go to and Mm -hmm. uh, it's like a haunted maze or whatever. Mm -hmm. My dad took me one, took me to one back in Bakersfield and like we waited in line. I was so excited to go in there and like the first room, I got too scared and we had to leave through the emergency exit. Oh my God. So maybe (laughs) I've always been, (laughs) maybe I've always been like chasing something like that or I don't know because in Fast forward to when we went to Magic Mountain Halloween Halloween stuff. Like 2005. Yeah, the same (laughs) shit happened. We waited in line and got in the first room and I was too scared. And I backed into the corner. Yes. (laughs) That was traumatizing to an extent. So maybe you've just, your life's mission is to just make it past that first room. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> trying to make it through. In a controlled atmosphere. So I'm all about watching scary movies. I'm trying to get, like, the most horrific movie experience. But in real life, I'm too much of a scaredy cat. <laughs> maybe that will change someday. Okay, well, I mean, we did watch a movie for this podcast. Wait, um, well, how about you? How what, what brought you into Spooky? Um... I don't know, because as a kid, I didn't really have any, like, paranormal things happen to me, Um, but I do remember watching horror movies at a very young age, like, four or five. What the? Yeah, I know. What was the, like, first movie you remember watching? Um, It's called House. It's, I think it's from the 80s. I don't know who's in it, but it's basically this dude, he moves home, he's a writer, and all of these like crazy creatures start infesting his house and I think you would like it. Is that why you're like spooked of cockroaches and spiders? Yeah, (laughs) maybe, maybe, but I, um, I don't know. I, my dad would always take me to the movies and we'd always watch horror movies. Mm -hmm. I honestly never went to the theater to see anything other than horror. I feel like that's the best way to watch it. Yeah. Completely encompassed by it. It's dark. It's loud. You feel like the vibes and energy of everybody else watching it. It's totally like a heightened experience. Yeah, it's like a total, like, you feel the energy in the theater for sure. Yeah, like for the sure. rumbling and ooh, the screams. So good. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so I don't know. I've always loved spooky shit. So mm-hmm. this is supposed to be a safe space for us to share um, creepy stories, haunting stories. Phenomenon. Phenomenon. And then we can also watch and review horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I love doing film analysis. I actually have a YouTube called Fear Collective with 16 subscribers right now. Subscribe, everybody. Yes. Um, but yeah, I thought this would be a cool place to kind of deep dive into film analysis and mm-hmm. get a little bit deeper into the weeds about um horror yeah i'm here for that cool i'm here for it too (laughs) so with this podcast we want to do a three-part series based on a specific theme and so one episode of that series will be on a fictional event or story topic whatever movie whatever Mm -hmm. correlated to that theme Mm -hmm. Um, the second episode will be covering a non-fiction topic yeah so things that have been proven or have facts behind them 
Where we can cite our sources. Yes. <laughs> Wikipedia. And the third is going to be, we're both going to share topics. Separate topics. Separate topics. Mm-hmm. And then we'll guess to see if we think it's fact or fiction. Yeah. So we're going with series that are in a power of three. Um, to follow the power of threes, which is like occultism karma in a sense whatever you put out into the universe will come back to you threefold times three mm. three times as intense whether that's good or bad okay and so also 3 a.m is the witching hour the witching which is hour. also spooky you always wake up in like the witching hour i always do and it's so Lately. horrible yeah mm-hmm. I, I don't know why my life is this way but i do wake <laughs> up and it's like 3 30 i'm like fuck my life you can handle it though i never have what do you mean? I've never had, like, in a, a super scary experience before, and maybe it is because they know I will, like, literally shit myself or something. <laughs> the ghosts you know? already know. They're like, I mean, not they sense it. it, so they're like, no. Not even going to play that game with her. I mean, so, but you do feel like you have some sort of, I don't know what you would call it, like a spiritual... A, a type of sixth sense is that like what you're trying to say yeah like a sense yeah Yeah. i don't see dead people you know (laughs) but i am very 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 intuitive i can always just and it's weird i don't know what it is until it happens and i'll be like oh my god that is what that feeling was you know it's like sometimes i'll just get this like overwhelming feeling i don't know what it is Mm -hmm. and then like a day or so later a week later A situation will present itself and I'll feel like that same feeling again and it's like well it's like I had a premonition that I was gonna be going through this feeling this but like in the moment I don't know what it is and so I'm trying to work on myself to be able to identify that when it first happens and then maybe just prepare myself more you know you can always prepare or change how you react to a certain situation but you can't change the situation that's happening to you so I'm just trying to work on that myself more and maybe like tune into that intuition a little bit more and yeah kind of like be- harness it yeah not become psychic but just be able to identify it and know how to work with it more okay 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 i support this and hey if you do want to become psychic i also support that thank you <laughs> maybe i will Shoot for the stars girl yes <laughs> Um, cool. So that's going to be kind of how we structure these episodes. So three-part series um, based on a specific topic, three episodes in that series. And then we want to close out our episodes with the, what is it called? Tarot? Taste of Tarot? A taste of Tarot. Love it. So what is a Taste of Tarot? <laughs> so a Taste of Tarot is that I will be doing just a single card reading from the Major Arcana of the Tarot deck in which the Major Arcana is it represents someone's spiritual evolution or like a journey and Mm -hmm. you we we all go on this journey multiple times throughout our life Mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna be working with those cards and we're just gonna pull one card of it Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have you pull it but then i will interpret it and whoever wants to pick up what i'm saying will if it's not feeling good for anybody they can skip Leave you guys can side skip of the or maybe it just doesn't pertain to you in this moment mm-hmm. hang back for next episode maybe that card will okay i love it i love it i love it and so when did you so you do tarot i'm beginner tarot yeah beginner i'm not tarot. like professional i don't know all of the cards exactly yet but i do just let my intuition guide me and i just use tarot as like a guide you know sometimes you don't you're stuck for some reason and you don't know why you could turn to tarot cards and it might give you some insight on where you need to look for answers and or where you need to edit things in your life okay i love it cool i'm excited for that (laughs) so um what is our first series gonna be based on serial killers serial killers of course (laughs) going in hand with the true crime phase happening right now yeah yeah i know so like are you into true crime like uh hell yeah (laughs) who's not i haven't encountered people my husband's not is art not really. So. <laughs> okay, our significant others are not, <laughs> but we are. <laughs> yeah, I have like a complicated relationship. I mean, it's not really that complicated, but I I sometimes worry that um, really deep diving into true crime can kind of blur the lines between what's entertainment and then what's kind of like exploitative, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so... True crime is something that I am into. I like the podcast. What's that podcast called? Um, crime Junkies. 
Oh, yeah, I've listened to that a few times. Yeah, that's like, it's like fun, um, but it can start to be really heavy because it's... For know, sure. Some some real shit going on in the yeah. world. Um, so I think whenever I feel that way, I kind of distance myself and I'll, I'll turn back to fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of what's cool about our series structure is we'll cover one fictional kind of topic and then we'll do a non-fiction topic and then we'll get to decide which is which mm-hmm. in the third episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so serial killer, why are we doing this series? So we're doing this theme of series because I'm always looking for, as like my, I mentioned earlier, the worst horror movies, the scariest horror movies ever so that I can watch in a controlled environment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and Ethan's always trying to show me like all these movies that he always finds and I'm always like eh, he was okay eh, he was alright yes, okay I fell asleep a, she's hard to <laughs> you know? impress yeah but he brought up this movie called Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer and wow wow just wow, wow is all I have to say about it <laughs> <laughs> so it's about a serial killer obviously but that's why we're choosing this theme for this first series because you can go pretty in depth on serial killers but also just because yeah. this movie irked me so much i have not felt so disturbed by any movie any media any anything before when i watched wow. this movie oh that's a that's a big statement because you're 30 now right yeah 30 what what 30 in 30 years of her life you've never felt more irked yeah, like so. I've well, like watched a few jump scare movies that are like, "Ooh, that was spooky!" Like yeah. signs when I first watched it. Signs. Yes, it's behind the, <laughs> <laughs> the ring. Yeah, mm-hmm. Insidious, Conjuring. You know, those are kind of all like classic jump scare movies. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm like, "Ooh, that was spooky!" And then I'm not like thinking about it days on end afterwards or whatever. You right. know, but mm-hmm. but Henry, I definitely was. Henry, like, seeps into your skin. Yes. So, why don't you tell everybody what that movie is? Like, what is it about? Okay, yeah. So, um, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer is, like, a little indie movie from, I think it came out in 1986. Yeah. Um, It, in my research, I uncovered that it was made (laughs) on a budget of $110,000, which, adjusted for inflation, is only two hundred and seventy-three. 3000 broke the bank for this one. Yeah, it's crazy what they were able to accomplish with such a small budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the strength really lies in the performances. Oh, fully agree. So Oh my god, fully agree. Directed by John McNaughton who went on to direct Wild Things starring Nev Campbell, Ultimate Queen, mm-hmm. and Denise Richards. 90s movie, excellent. Um, Michael Rooker of Mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy and Mm -hmm. Walking Dead fame stars as our titular serial killer. Um, And then Tom Towles um, stars as Otis. R.I.P. R.I.P. Tom Towles and also like, holy shit, like... I we'll feel talk like, about him in a yeah, moment. Yeah, I, oh, I have a lot to say, a lot to say. Um, and then Tracy Arnold Ooh. stars as Becky. And so essentially the story follows Henry. He moves in with Otis, who, how do they know each other? They were in prison together. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Henry killed his mama. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, and by the way, this is like full spoiler, so... Yeah. Watch the movie. Watch the movie and then join us, or don't. <laughs> join us and then watch the movie. Yeah. Whatever you see fit. However... However you want to work it out. I don't know if you really want to watch the movie, so... You do. It's really good. Um, if so, you want to be disturbed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Henry and Otis know each other from prison. Henry moves in with Otis. They are living with Otis's sister, Becky. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's the three of them. And so Henry happens to be a serial killer, low-key. Um, and he kind of ropes Otis into his... Shenanigans. Yeah. (laughs) His nighttime shenanigans. (laughs) Unbeknownst to Becky, who is just doing her thing, trying to make ends meet. Kind of freaking falling in love with Henry, like, because Henry does have, like, the charmingness, you know, that Mm -hmm. serial killers do Mm -hmm. to, like, hook you in and then swipe. Were you attracted to, um... No. Michael Rooker? No. 
Just me? Is it just yeah, me? Yeah, just you. Okay. I, I like had this weird attraction to him and mm. I don't know what it is. He's very stoic. You're gonna get killed. He's very mysterious. Yeah. I would <laughs> yes. definitely end up in an alley. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, so the the film starts off I would say very restrained. Because yeah. you you see the aftermath mm-hmm. of Henry's kills and you you hear like the screams or whatever. Yeah, like, but it, mm-hmm. it doesn't show you a lot up front. Leading up to it, yeah, yeah. It's just like the dead person where there's girl, boy, mm-hmm. old, young, family, single, whatever. Everyone. No restrictions when it came to his killing. But it would show like the dead body of them and like slowly zoom out and play screaming in the background, mm-hmm. slasher noises, whatever. So it was kind of like up to your imagination to be like, oh my God, how did this happen exactly? Yes. You know, I'm like... I think one of my favorite scenes was in the opening credit going through those moments where he was zooming out of or the camera was zooming out of the the victims and that one had like the glass bottle like shoved down her throat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Ugh, that sounds like or that looks like that would have hurt so much. I'm like, is that what killed her? Or was that like an afterthought? Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. So I really, I personally really love when horror movies allow your imagination to kind of fill in the blanks. Here and, and there. You know, instead yeah. of instead of the movie just kind of spoon-feeding you the scares a la mm-hmm. The Conjuring. Sometimes you need help to really get into it, though. Because <laughs> I don't like movies that leave it all to your imagination because then I'm like, nothing happened. Okay. Maybe that's why I'm okay. not scared by a lot of movies because... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I have like a super overactive imagination. Mm-hmm. So those movies that kind of let me color outside the lines like they really freak me out um the Blair Witch Project is coming to mind because that's that's one that like not a lot really happens on screen but I can fill in the blanks and it's freaking terrifying yeah yeah that is one of your favorite movies I love that movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh, the filmmakers said they want to I'm totally down to watch it if you're down to watch it I mean yeah I'm always gonna watch any scary movie that's given to me stay tuned Um, so the filmmaker said they wanted to present the horror of the situation very realistically, sort of avoiding the theatrics of traditional horror films. Yes. So um, everything, all of the violence, everything is presented very matter-of-factly. Yes, so realistic. So realistic. I think that's what made this movie so disturbing to me. Because, like, being a true crime fan, you always hear them discussing the details of what happened. But in this movie, it's actually showing you what happened. Like, completely uncut. It's not Hollywood effects, anything like that. It's not like something happens and blood is spurting out everywhere and splashing Mm -hmm. on everything. You know, it's very, very realistic. And Mm -hmm. I think it's, I don't know, maybe some people want to be, like, actually seeing that stuff when they're listening to true crime details but after watching this movie i'm like oh i'm okay if i don't see stuff like that again yeah because totally and i think that's this is so grimy it's so grimy um that's totally a scenario that i think the budget really helped them so they didn't have money to film all these elaborate effects Mm -hmm. so they did kind of have to leave some of it to happen off screen but the way that the director pieced everything together um just made it super super effective and i think that really worked to the film's advantage yeah excellent Ugh. um so Tom Towles, who plays Otis, and Tracy Arnold, who plays Becky, they actually knew each other. They worked together at the Organic Theater Company in Chicago prior to filming. Oh, Um, in Chicago already, where the movie takes place? mm -hmm. Interesting. They they filmed it on location there. Um, Apparently, they didn't have permits to film on the streets, so everyone that's on film, like, in the background, Mm -hmm. are actual people that were just, like, on the street that day. Dang. They're not, like, paid. Well, I mean, with the budget like that, you can't be paying everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think that you can really feel that these people do have chemistry, Otis and Becky. Mm -hmm. Um, Their relationship is complicated, to say the least. But they... Everyone feels like they... it, It does feel like a very small, contained, intimate kind of relationship yeah that we're kind of veering mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. yeah and i do like how in the beginning we didn't really know what their relationship was 
Becky's flying in from her abusive husband leaving him, and we just see this man come and, like, pick her up at the airport. Mm-hmm. And he kind of seems very father figurely at first. Mm-hmm. But then they start talking about things that usually father and daughter don't talk about. Mm-hmm. But they didn't explain their relationship yet. So you're like, who is this guy? If that's her father, that's ultra creepy. <laughs> but then we find out it's her brother. And I'm like, mm, I think it's just as creepy. Just as creepy. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's something that the film does so well is it starts very restrained. You're not seeing a lot of violence. You're really just seeing the aftermath. Mm-hmm. You're not given a whole lot of information about the characters. Mm-hmm. And you're really kind of piecing together the puzzle as the movie unfurls. Peeling back the layers. Just like an onion. To the core. Mm-hmm. Sicko. Rotten <laughs> onion. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Otis starts killing with Henry. Mm-hmm. Otis also starts making advances on his sister. And this is where Henry kind of goes from just being a one-note serial killer to having a heart in yeah, a sense, you know being somewhat of like a savior yeah of sorts because he defends becky and basically yeah. tells otis to back off yeah um and don't that's do really... that otis that's your sister yeah <laughs> i love that's that my you... best henry impression i love it <laughs> If you're not Henry for Halloween, I mean, bitch, missed opportunity. <laughs> um, and that's where uh, Becky and Henry start to have a connection. Yeah, kind of like flourish a little bit more. Henry like- shares that he uh, killed his mother. Mm-hmm. Which. In the movie, he's like at first he says, "Well, so rewinding." Becky told. Asked Otis, like, what's he, what was he in for? And Becky's like, or Otis is like, he killed his mom. And she's like, did he really kill his mom? How? And he's like, with the baseball bat. So then when she's talking with Henry, Henry's like, did you really kill your mama? How? And he's like, I shot her. Or what did he say first? Oh, yeah. I yeah. stabbed her. His and story then, like, changed. Yeah. A few sentences later, and he's like, she's a whore. And we were fighting. And then I stabbed her. And she's like, I thought you said you shot her. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. I shot her. So it's like, what really happened? Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because I love that scene because it was, it seemed very raw. Becky, Becky shared her trauma. Yeah, like they were very vulnerable with each other. But like at the same time was Henry because he was lying about that situation. You know, it's like. Right. Putting on the charm. Right. So the movie kind of toys with you. You are given certain scenes where you're super against Henry and he's a monster. And then these other scenes where you're like more sympathetic to his character. But Mm -hmm. then he does things like kind of changes his story, which makes him very... Manipulative. Yeah. You can't trust him. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're like, oh, yeah, he's hot. Yeah, <laughs> basically the most important, the most important thing to take away. Um, so I was watching a behind the scenes with uh, the director John McNaughton, and he actually had a really interesting perspective um, on the film, where he posits that the film really commentates, it commentates comments. The the film <laughs> says something about. using violence as entertainment Um, so basically in traditional Hollywood films it's gratifying for an audience to see violence against unlikable characters yeah it's like justice it's like ah bitch you got got right Mm -hmm. so we see Henry and Otis kill a TV salesman who was nasty as well he was super gross super like it was like black market salesman he wasn't like stolen items or whatever it wasn't like Best Buy you know they went to a garage yeah like in this dark alley at at night midnight (laughs) yeah and he was just there open for business yeah it was definitely black market it was weird so Um, he was bad so he was a jerk to them and because he was a jerk to them otis and henry had a very easy excuse Mm -hmm, to kill for Mm -hmm. killing them and the director said that they really kind of played that scene up as we're on henry's side like we're supposed to dislike the tv salesman and Mm. we're supposed to kind of be okay with them killing him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then the reason why he kind of made that scene a point was to later contrast it with a scene wherein 
Henry and Otis kill a family in their home. Oh... Oh my god. So upsetting. That scene. So well upsetting. so when they kill that that TV salesman, they also like steal a camcorder. And this mm-hmm. is, so this is like the electronic technology age. It was booming, it was growing. And so it goes to this next scene where there's like a family home invasion and you're watching it through the camcorder lens. So it's like they are filming their kill. And mm-hmm. that I think that scene itself was that's the worst thing I've ever seen. The worst thing I've ever, ever, ever seen. Yeah, and it's Ugh. crazy because you really don't... I mean, it's not even on the level of, like, a Saw or, um, you know, some more modern horror films that are super, super bloody and violent. Yeah, and, like, so extreme that it's going towards unrealistic, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Oh this my was God. very, very contained and intimate, and so it felt all the more realistic. Yeah. Um, Just, yeah. And, but what we were seeing is, you know, people get killed. And yeah, actually, good people, not this nasty, grimy salesperson. But I would even say that the family, that their deaths were less bloody than the salesperson's death. But as an audience member, yes. I was mm-hmm. totally fine with the salesperson being killed and watching that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I was super disturbed by the family. And so... Innocent the, family. It was so sad. The son comes in and, like, tries to save his, like, yelling and struggling mom and dad. And they kill the son, too. Right on camera. That whole scene is, like, completely uncut from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, my God, I feel sick. And then it zooms out and shows that that we were watching Otis and Henry sitting on the couch watching their kill. Mm-hmm. And they're just like back at home watching what they just did. And that's also like another layer of disturbance. Just mm-hmm. so nasty, disgusting. Ugh. And, and then Otis wants to rewind it. I want to watch it again. Like, ugh. Right. Just, so, ugh. so trip on this. So ugh. Henry and Otis are watching this brutality for entertainment. They're the first snuff film ever. And you and I are watching this film <gasps> as entertainment. Inception. And didn't you rewatch Henry? Oh, I, bitch, I am not Otis, okay? <laughs> I am not Otis. It's, uh, but the filmmaker McNaughton, he did that on purpose. Like, he wanted to make a statement about these serial killers watching this violence as entertainment and then kind of put it back on the audience and ask essentially well why as an audience member am I enjoying watching this violence on film mm. um, the, the behind the scenes didn't really uh, expand upon that concept he kind of just introduced it left it to the imagination so where I take that I mean where do you take that so uh, how is it different Henry and Otis watching this violence and enjoying it. How is it different from society watching violence on film for entertainment? And is that type of enjoyment counterproductive to the to the good of society, or is there a value in it? Um, so I think that goes back to like what you were saying earlier. How about it? True crime is real and horror is fiction. Us watching the violence for entertainment is mostly fiction. But I think it made it so disturbing that they were doing it because they had just literally created that. They acted it out. They're not watching a movie. It wasn't a production for them. Like, it was their real life. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted to watch it again. Like... Mm-hmm. I think that's where the line is. It's fictional for us, mm-hmm. but also so realistic at the same time that I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm watching this. Yeah. But it's fictional, so it's, quote, okay. Yeah, you know? and I think you kind of touched on it earlier when you said, like, you want to experience fear, but from a safe vantage point. Yeah. The comfort of your own home. So yes. you can experience the emotions surrounding these really kind of... Um, heightened emotional situations but you can also turn the movie off at the end of the night yeah remove yourself from the situation whereas like if you run into that situation with henry and otis you're just (laughs) the situation is ending for you right then and there let's be real (laughs) situation done right so um 
the movie really starts to pick up after that in terms of like brutality that scene is often um noted as being one of the most violent and brutal scenes in all horror cinema um fully agree i actually thought that i i appreciated the scenes that came um more quietly Mm -hmm. so after henry and otis kill remember when they like kill those um hookers like in the alleyway that was the first one yeah yeah and then they are like sitting in their car afterward and they're just eating Mm -hmm. french fries and just Mm -hmm. kind of having a moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and otis is a little spooked and so Henry offers him French fries and mm-hmm. the French fries kind of like bring him back to life and he like mm-hmm. takes the back from Henry and finishes mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was just really interesting because it it reminded me a lot of kind of just American culture and society as a whole. Greedy. Greedy, um, self-soothing, fast food. Greasy. Kind of chaotic, destructive <laughs> behavior. Yeah. That's just kind of like <clears throat> mitigated by the f- the fact that it's you're you're self soothing after the fact. Mm-hmm. Like they these people literally took two lives and then just ate some French, eat fries some French fries and went to sleep. Like at the drive in. Yeah. <laughs> um and I kinda kept seeing themes of that, of that like I kind of started to look at Henry, the character of Henry, as um, kind of a representation of American culture and society in the 80s because he he says something earlier on in the movie where it's like, it's us or them. It's either... You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> us, it's us versus them when he was basically trying to convince Otis to join him to start killing people. And... I think that's uh, the way that a lot of people in America think about other Americans in this country. It's me or you. Selfish, mm-hmm. yeah. It's my land or your land. Like, mm-hmm. which one is it going to be? Um, Dog-eat-dog kind of mentality. And then mm-hmm. what What else? Someone They said something about buying a gun. He was like, oh, buying a gun is easy. You can get a gun anywhere. Like, that's not the problem. Yeah. And so just... Very relevant to today. Right. So gun culture, fast food culture, um, kind of the dog-eat-dog mentality, um, all of that, I don't know, Mm -hmm. it just, it kind of reminded me of a very kind of... The darker underbelly of America. Yeah, like the ugly, the ugly side of American culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. the American nightmare. So as the film progresses, they, Otis... So Henry and Becky want to leave town, right? Yeah, Henry doesn't want to get caught. He's like, I've been here enough. Mm-hmm. I got to keep moving before they even know what's happening. And then Becky wants to go back to her kid? Yeah. Yeah, so when she moved in with Otis, she left her daughter behind, I guess. I don't know if it's with her mom or if the ex-husband's mom. Either way, she's not there. And she wants to go back and live with her daughter, which is good. And she invites Henry like to go with her. Does he say yes? Or we don't even get I there think, yet, huh? I, it's kind I of insinuated they, that, yeah. I think they are. And that's what's so heartbreaking is poor Becky. She thinks that she's found some sort of, I don't know, safety. Rebound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone that's way different than her abusive husband. Someone that's protecting her from her own nasty brother. You know, someone that's standing mm-hmm. up for her. Something like someone that she was wanting in her husband mm-hmm. and he didn't turn out that way but here's Henry you know arrived and taking care of her yeah mm-hmm. so she is kind of leaning on him and mm-hmm. trusting him fully and also deciding that she wants to return to her kid and mm-hmm. kind of pick her life back up um, because you know she's felt fallen on hard times but she wants to better her life and so before they leave, Henry comes home to find Otis attacking his sister violently. Yeah, and, raping uh, her, basically. Raping her, and actually the actress Tr- Tracy Arnold passed out while filming that scene. Yeah. She said that it was um, super traumatic, that they see, they saved like five of the hardest scenes for the last five days of shooting. God! And she, she said great things about filming the Ugh. movie. She said she loved the process and they had a lot of fun, but those... 
this specific sequence was really hard for her. Yeah. Um, and the way that uh, Otis was like holding her neck, I guess, was it? <gasps> she she passed out as a result. Real assault while they're filming the assault. Yeah. Oh and God. So she didn't. Um, she didn't know what happened. She woke up and was like, "Oh my God, I missed my mark. I'm sorry." And she was like, kind of freaking out. And everyone looked stunned on set, and they immediately like took her to the emergency room. I hope that's not what made the cut. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, wouldn't that be so trippy and make it Ooh. even scarier? Um, but anyway, so Henry swoops in. He kind of saves the day. He kills Otis with the help of Becky. Yes, so it shows Henry, like, going and attacking Otis, like, get off of her, and they start, like, fighting or whatever, and all of a sudden you see a hand grab this, like, comb with, like, a sharp point at the end of it and we're like oh shit Henry's gonna kill him (laughs) and then the next immediate scene is Becky stabbing Otis in the eyeball with this comb and it's like ah Becky like a boss like a boss you got him like that was like ooh that was a nice surprise drag him that Mm -hmm. creepy Otis Mm -hmm. yeah that was a really good kind of surprising moment and really cool for Becky's character to kind of stand up and Mm-hmm, for herself. Stand up for yeah. herself and fucking make some shit happen for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she's obviously super traumatized because she just helped kill her brother. Henry's kind of reassuring her and telling her, like, it's time for us to bounce. Yeah, it's like Becky wasn't expecting Henry to kill her brother because she didn't know Henry was a serial killer. Right. It just happened. And then she gets really, really upset and crying and, like, traumatized that's mm-hmm. my brother. He mm-hmm. killed my brother. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was also very realistic because even though her brother was really, really such a bad guy and horrible to her, sexually harassing her all these years, it seems like, you know, mm-hmm. and then he was killed. She still felt like sympathy towards him. I know. You know, but what also like, was it just the shock that she just saw someone die, get killed? You know, I don't yeah. know. That whole, that aftermath was... Eye-opening as well. It's very complex. The the characters, the way that they view their situation, it's very, like, layered. There's that onion. Mm-hmm. And, he, yeah, so I think that that really enriches the overall story. Um, yes. And the performances are just, like, next level. They're so, so good. <sighs> yeah. So... They hit the road. Yep. Hit the road, They hit the road, and they have a little moment in a hotel room. Becky's playing the guitar, and are they talking about the future? Or no, they say they love each other, right? Yeah, they're driving to the hotel, and she's Mm -hmm. like... She's having a really heartfelt moment. I forget what she says, but she's just like, I love you, Henry. And in my head, I was like, that was fast. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the heck? And then it's quiet for a moment. He's like... I guess I love you too. I know, and it's, it's like, like kind of sweet. And because he mm. he basically saves her from being raped by her brother, like you at that time almost feel like okay, maybe I'm down with these two getting together. Turning like, point. Yeah, yeah, like maybe he's sure he's killed all these people, but that's fine. That was back then. This is now. Yeah. He's changed. Maybe <laughs> Becky will be the one to change him. Yeah, and yeah, I think, you do get that sense, yeah, for sure. And it, it does such a great job at really making that seem like a, a real possibility. Mm-hmm. You really don't know where the movie's going to go. Well, it's like you think you're gonna, they're going to ride off into the sunset, mm-hmm. happy, mm-hmm. raising her daughter out of the crime-ridden Chicago, you mm-hmm. know? And then probably, like, the most heartbreaking ending possible is that she goes to sleep, she puts her guitar down, uh, she is, I assume she cuddles up to Henry because she's had a night and you know, yeah. wants to feel safe with him. Yeah. And he, then the she's next... playing her guitar and he's like, it's time to go to sleep. And she's like, okay. And literally the next scene. Hmm. We just see uh, Henry get out of their car with a bloody suitcase and he dumps it on the side of the road and he's alone. And then he gets back in the car and drives away. But... It zooms in on the blue suitcase, and then you hear like, like a recall back to the beginning of the film where you're just zooming in on the scene, and you just hear the audio of mm-hmm. what happened, and the it's screams. it's mm-hmm. Becky mm-hmm. screaming, mm-hmm. and she also got got in the end. She got got, and how 
freaking cool. The to audience s- got got to. <laughs> yeah, all of us collectively. <laughs> um, but how cool that the movie started with seeing these bodies and hearing the audio, and it's that very restrained kind of approach to it. And then we the the violence um, really ramps up as the film progresses, and then we end the way we started mm-hmm. with just seeing the aftermath. Yeah. And it was the perfect call because honestly, after seeing what Becky went through, mm-hmm. um, I didn't. I didn't want to see her die. I didn't need to see her. I just saw Otis attack her. Like I don't need to see more violence yeah. against her. I feel like that was a really good call in making this film because it also kind of like left you wanting more in a sense. It just made your imagination think about it, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like if they did show it, it might have like took the movie back to being a little less tasteful. You know? Totally. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a that's an interesting point about showing violence on film. There's a way to do it, which is very like, um, I don't know, Eli Roth kind of sh- shocking for the sake of being shocking, kind of exploitative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's a way to depict violence that is a lot more artistic. And I think. And festers um, in your mind for days to come. Yeah. Accomplished. And uh, and I think this movie really does a great job at doing things very tastefully. And we've already seen enough. We've already seen Becky ex- endure enough trauma. Yeah. Um, we don't need to see more just for the sake of the movie being shocking. Um, there's a that w- had already happened. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We've already been shocked. We've already been taken there. And just seeing that suitcase was enough to just be so heartbreaking because you could kind of fill in the blanks and imagine what what went down between those two. And it's really, really heartbreaking. Yeah. Because, like, you don't even know what's going on for a moment. You just see him pull up and put a suitcase down, you don't even think that it could be Becky in there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's in a suitcase, you know he dismembered her or something. Yeah. I know. I mean. So gnarly. So gnarly. <sighs> so who... Okay, well, first, would you recommend this movie? I would recommend this movie to certain people. Not to everybody. It is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> even for me, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, and for context, Ugh. Lindsay is always... Lindsay's a huge like Saw fan. Um, yeah, I'm not squirmish. In high school, we all. would like marathon those movies. She's always looking for like the next extreme. I don't know horror cinema extremism. Yeah, we've watched Martyrs. Mm-hmm. We've watched Serbian film. Mm-hmm. And those she right like you those didn't phase those you. Those did as not much. get me like this one. The Martyrs, I don't even remember. Oh I'll have God. to rewatch it. Well, we definitely will because I love that's one of my like top five horror <gasps> films. Yeah, I love that. I love that movie. Interesting. Um, but Henry, <laughs> Along with Scream and Blair Witch. <laughs> yeah, literally. Oh, girl, you know me well. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I like a lot of different types of horror movies, but I, I would also put Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer with martyrs um it's a totally different type of movie um but in terms of heaviness and the way that it just kind of sits on your chest Mm -hmm. it's a really intense watch um and it doesn't have to have all the bells and whistles of a hollywood blockbuster horror film to achieve that it's martyr was realistic martyrs yeah did i say mario I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Mario is also realistic. <laughs> he seems like a cool guy to that me. That mustache. Uh, mm. um, I thought Martyrs was also a film that kind of showed the violence as very matter of fact mm. and not exploitative. Like okay. just very like, this is what it is. This is someone being tortured and we're just going to sit and fester in this violence and, and discomfort. Mm. Um, and, okay, I'll watch it again. Yeah. And Sold. Henry, <laughs> <laughs> creep. Um, but yeah, Henry is very much the same. So uh, I would recommend Henry too. I, I thought this was a really great movie. I will definitely add it to my collection. Um, it's not something that I want to revisit all the time, but I thought that everything was so well done from the performances to the direction to the way that it made me think about American society and kind of like the deeper the deeper things going on underneath the surface of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was great, great, great. So do we want to read it? Yeah, but I want to say a little bit more about it. Oh yeah, it's like when I first watched it, it was so jarring, and I was like, I'm okay if I never watch that movie again 
mm-hmm. one and done. That's fine with me, mm-hmm. whatever. But it was so well produced. The characters were so well developed, just enough. Otis's character, we didn't even tell you guys everything about that character. But that, as much as I hate to say it, he's so nasty, disgusting, grinding, but he might be like one of the best characters mm-hmm. in a movie mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. The actor, Tom Tolls, Towels, I don't know how to say it, who played him did such a good job. And I also learned that he usually played scumbags and dirtbags and stuff like that. So I was like, excellent choice for casting. <laughs> Spot on. But anyways, everything yeah. was just so well done about the movie. For that type of movie, like, yeah, you know, it's called Portrait of a Serial Killer. So you know it's going to be violent. You know it's going to be about killing and all that stuff. But it was so well done that I watched it again on my own. Yes, you did. So, uh, based off of that, I would rate this movie like a four stars out of five. 4.2, 4.3 out of five. Because it was very, very, very well put together. Mm-hmm. It had you thinking days on end after. I'm still thinking about it, you know? Yeah. But not quite a five because it's not for everybody. Mm. It's not, mm-hmm. definitely not for everybody. You mm-hmm. have to be pretty... I don't know even what the right term is. Not strong to watch it. Prepared? I don't know. Yeah. I told my husband about it. He's like, I'm not watching that. You know, some people just do not have that interest at all. So (laughs) that docks them down a little bit on my rating, you know? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think when I first watched it, I thought I was going to rate it like around a four. Um, But I think now that the movie's kind of sat with me for a little bit and, you know, I did some research on it for this... uh, Recording, I think I'm gonna give it a five out of five, honestly. What? Yeah. I I I've only what? grown to like it more since I saw it initially. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm still not gonna run home and watch it again, but I would I will revisit it in the future. Mm. I just love like I said, I love horror that allows the viewer to engage with the piece and and contribute to it as much as the movie is informing the viewer Mm -hmm. so i felt like that i i like using my imagination and i think this movie kind of um supports that and it's super scary it's super creepy and it's super realistic and for a movie from 1985 goddamn Super, yeah. super real. I mean, period. Uh, our movies that are, you know, from older generations, sometimes they show their age and you can kind of tell, like, okay, like, this is mm-hmm. um, maybe older, not the most realistic, yeah. like mm-hmm. in Jaws, for instance. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but from 1985, like, this is, it seems just as real. Yeah. Even in 2021. So. Yeah. So, so horrible. Because it's like... Stuff like that really does happen. Stuff like that really does happen. And actually, stuff like that really did happen because this movie is based on (laughs) a real-life serial killer named Henry. (laughs) Named Henry Lee Lucas and also Otis. Otis Toole, not Otis. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what the the actor, um, Tom Towles, he called Otis Otis in the the behind-the-scenes Oh. But I just feel very Maybe uncomfortable that's... with Otis, so yeah. I'm just going to keep going with Otis. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So next episode, um, we'll be talking about those crimes and see, like, the non-fictional side mm-hmm. of this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Watching it, we didn't know it was based off of something that really did happen. But doing further research, we found out. So we'll be talking about those things next episode. Yeah, and our non-fiction our part uh, two of the series. Yes, our nonfiction, what is it, segment? Sec- yeah, installment. Segment. Installment. Yes. <laughs> yes. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. But for now, we're going to go into a taste of tarot. Good, because I'm hungry. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to shuffle these a little bit. Um, Ethan's going to pull one card. I'm going to spread them out. Okay. And like I mentioned earlier, the card is going to speak to whomever, whomever it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel like it's right for you, it will speak to you. But if you're just like not feeling it, it's not meant to be. And that's okay, you know. And even if you're not into tarot, you could just skip ahead. 
Well, if you skip ahead, the podcast will be over. So. Well, then bye now. <laughs> See you later. But stick around because, um, yeah, you might, you might, you might find that the card brings up something in you that maybe you weren't necessarily paying attention to yes guiding yeah you know you like you might be stuck in your life somehow or you might just not know where to be going next and maybe this will give you a little insight yeah sometimes we walk around with uh a lack of clarity that we don't really we're not even aware of yeah it's just kind of sitting underneath Mm -hmm, the surface exactly and so yeah i think this will be It'll be fun to get mystical. Yeah, and I'm only using the 22 cards of the Major Arcana. Okay. Not all of them yet, because I'm still a beginner. Okay. <laughs> Let me say that again. I'm a beginner. Hey, you... <laughs> but I'm very intuitive, and that's what I'm using to guide this. Okay. So I, I pick one? So Ethan's going to pick one. The Hanged Man. Oh. Card number 12. Okay. So you could be stuck in a situation with like the hanged man. He pulled it the correct way up, not reversed. Um, You're constrained by something. What is holding you back? What's holding you in place? What's holding you stagnant? Reflect and see what could, what needs to be changing in order for you to move forward in your journey. Um, You might have to be making a big decision and you're just, you don't know which way to turn. You need to do some inner reflecting a little bit further. You will find the answer, but right now you're stuck. But you can't be stuck for long. You need to transition and have a rebirth so that you can move forward in your journey. Spiritually, physically, mentally, mm-hmm. everything. Okay. All right. Interesting. The hanged, the hanged man. Okay, cool. So thank you for that tarot reading, Lindsay. You're welcome. I hope that it does re- resonate with some listeners. Um, and I think that's it, right? Is that... Or is that is yeah. That, okay. I mean, that's that. We got got. We got got. <laughs> Go watch Henry. It's yeah. really good. It's actually... Where did we watch it? Um, In your house? On the couch? No. Like... <laughs> oh. <where> did- <laughs> On IMDb, you can watch it for free, but there is commercials, which I was very happy that was there was commercials. It gave me a chance to pull back from it and not be like all in my thoughts and feelings about it. You know, yeah. it was an easier way of watching that I think ultra the, disturbing film. Yeah, the commercials are not a nuisance. It actually allows you to breathe. <laughs> yeah, you can come up for air for a moment because... Honestly, if there was no commercials in it, I might have puked. I don't know. <laughs> I just started throwing yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, so. glad, I'm glad that uh, you didn't do that. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> all right. Well, thank yes. you, everybody, for tuning in to our very first episode Ooh. of this spooky podcast. And stay tuned for our second installment where we are going to be going over the real life events of Henry and Otis. Henry and Otis. See ya. Bye.